I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Hey, guess what? You'll never guess. Uh, this is John Helps You Write Better, and I'm John, so we're going to go write better now, I guess. Here we go. So I'm in this contemplative mood where I'm really just sort of thinking through things and feeling things deeply and thinking about things rather persistently and heavily. This always seems to happen in and around the times I sort of have my, like the deeper wells of my depressive cycle. I, I get up in my head initially and feel quite badly about myself. I guess my way out of doing that, the way I sort of push through and climb out of the hole is to think more about things, but not necessarily, you know, bemoan my poor circumstances or just feel shitty. I, I find myself thinking my way out, thinking and feeling, thinking my thoughts and feeling my feelings as a way to build a ladder out of a hole. But that's not what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you today about how the thing I'm doing, the thinking and the feeling and the therefore then the talking, is an expression of my voice. I don't just mean that the frequency of mouth sounds coming out of this hole in my face. I mean my authorial voice and how the voice I use as an author, as a creator of sound, as a creator of podcasts and blog posts and, and, and this, that, and the other, newsletters and this, that, and the other stuff, it's all shaped by my experiences, my thinking, my feeling, my fears, my anxieties, my hopes, my plans, my loneliness, my pain, my suffering, my joy, my nervousness, my fill in the blank. And over time, since all of those things, you know, from loneliness to excitement to eagerness to tiredness to head colds to allergy season to whatever, they're all temporary things. And they are all in flux. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm more tired on some days than others. They're never a, while they might be constant, they are not necessarily consistent. Can we, can we say that? And it is in all these permutations and all these things, all these thoughts, all these different flexible variable frequencies that your voice changes. And it changes substantially, or at least it has the potential to change substantially if you want it to, or if you let it, because sometimes, you know, you, you go unrestrained, you go off that leash, and then all of a sudden you are, for good or for ill, expounding over and over in dramatic, cathartic, painful, humiliating, joyful, proud, bloviating, all different kinds, sarcastic ways to garner attention, to get sympathy, to get pity, to get laid, to get ignored, to pick a fight, to think and feel and move and understand and complain and opine and everything else. Your voice changes. How you go from day to day, how you go from project to project, your voice changes. Your voice changes because you are in a constant state of transformation. Transformation. 
You are in a constant state of transition. You are in a constant state of gaining new information, challenging beliefs, challenging assumptions, having them confirmed, having them you know tossed aside. There is very little that is definite about you. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. It's a tremendously good thing because every part of you changes in some way. Body, organ cells, skin cells are shed over a period of months, weeks, and years. Your personal identity, your sexual identity, your gender identity can change wildly over time. You can change your name. You can change your likes. You can change your aesthetic. You can change what you write. You can change what you read. You can change jobs. You can change income. You can change your hair. You can change your interests. You can learn more about things. You don't have to accept old things and just assume because that's what you learned. That's what things have to be. You can change. You have that potential. Perhaps the ability to change is the only constant we could really have. And our voice, authorial as it might be, because authorial voice dictates narrative voice, how we as humans engage with the world is part of the way we figure out how our characters engage with their worlds because we create all of those things. But as our experience changes and grows and mutates and spawns and fiddles around and becomes a dead end and becomes something exciting and we get frustrated or interested or we we taper off or we get tired or depressed or whatever and we see how we connect with people and we see how things fall apart and we feel our feelings and all this other stuff that happens we have this incredible velcro this incredible adhesive potential for our voice to attach to a million things. Oh, did we see that TV show? How do we feel about it? What, why, did, why did we cry during that moment? Why did we f- get caught up in this? Why did we get sucked into that movie? Was it just because it was really goofy and bad? Or was it because it made us feel relief because we were feeling pressure before? Why do we like the things we like? Why do we not talk about the things we don't want to talk about? Why do we always seem to get into the same kind of fight with our partner? Why do we always seem to get into the same kind of shouting match with that coworker? Why do we always feel frustrated about a certain topic? These different points of connection, these different points of stumbling, these different things we can interrogate and query in our lives are opportunities for us to examine our authorial voice. If you are so often feeling like nobody hears you, then you are going to shape your authorial voice in these mad pendulum swings where you go from being completely unheard and accepting to completely unheard and angry about it. Now, I'm hoping that the the pendulum swings aren't dramatic all the time, and I'm hoping that no matter what, you find some way to have peace and comfort because you're good enough for that and you deserve that. At the same time, though, you have to understand that it is through these frustrations and through these joys and through these exaltations and through these these moments of however you want to classify them and through this empowerment and disempowerment and disorganization and chaos and, and satisfaction and all that stuff, you have this voice and you can use it to connect with other people. You can use it to relate to other people. You can use it to look at the media 
the material, the stuff you consume, the art you use to fuel yourself, the passions you have, the interests you have. You can use that stuff to grow your voice because your voice is going to change. Your voice is going to change over time and you need to let it. I think too often, especially lately, there's been this move I've seen where people either out of nostalgia or frustration, they want things to go back to some other way. They want to have like a, like a rewind up to a certain point, bring it back to the way it was as if the way it was is somehow preserved in this magical amber that it was good then and it's shit now. Can we just go backwards, please? And I, I don't like it. Now, I am someone myself who's terribly guilty of that. I would love to take things backwards. I would love to go have a do-over or even just a straight-up repeat of things because there were some parts that have been truly fantastic and there have been other parts that have been absolutely crushing. But it is the synthesis of those things, my understanding of those things, my processing of those things that allows me to understand everything, if I just took a look at half of it, if I just dealt with my frustration, if I just dealt with my resentment, if I just sat in the anger of it, or if I sat in the sadness of it, only did half the processing, my voice would not have the full depth of its connective potential because I'm only looking at half the picture. But you're only going to get that whole picture by going through the whole experience and feeling the full-throated depth of your feelings and thinking your way through whatever it is you're dealing with. you got to spend more time in that space, as uncomfortable as it might be. And it is simultaneous or concurrent, I guess, to that process of you going through the permutation shapes wiggles, black holes, roller coasters of life, that you're also making things. And it's in this making, in this this stew of, I'm making this project, and then there's this book, and then there's these things, and then I'm doing this, and oh, here's another idea, and here's this series I have on hold. And you've got all this stuff happening. And while each of those things are happening, the rest of your life is happening. And the rest of your life, as it is, whatever it is, and whatever shape it is, and however it's moving and flexing and evolving and declining and growing and surging, it's going to influence each piece. But it's always going to be your voice. Your authorial voice will never desert you. You can try and run away from it. You can try to deny it. You can try to... Um, shroud it in some horseshit persona. You know, like I think uh, most guys I know um, went through a period of being just like a tough guy on the internet. Now, maybe that's a function of our age and a function of the climate in which we grew up. And it's a lot of patriarchy and a lot of bullshit. But at the same time, like I think there are phases like the moon of authorial voice growth and over time you want to try and get your authorial voice as clear as you can when you can it's not going to be like hyper crystal clear without imperfections all the time i think that's unrealistic i think it's however easier to take a look at your voice and say right now i'm writing this thing i'm writing project x whatever it is am i being as clear as i can be 
right this second based on what's going on today, what's going on in my life, what's going on in this book, how am I how am I feeling about this, how am I able to put aside the things that are bothering me so I can focus on this, how do I connect with my curiosity, how do I connect with my passion, how do I do this thing and do it to the best of my ability relative to how things are right now. And I think asking yourself that question Every time you write, not to the point of paralysis, not to the point of like deep navel gazing overthinking, but just to ask that question and pursue it through the act of, of writing. I feel this way. My day was kind of like this. I've got to put this aside. You know, there's some bad shit I had to deal with, but there's also some good stuff. And I'm going to take the good and the bad and I'm going to blend it together into this weird creative smoothie. And then I'm going to like work through my feelings and work through my thinking and let that just sort of infuse and steep its way into my work. Whether I mean to consciously or not, it's going to be there. The frustration I have is going to come out in that scene where the characters get into an argument. The joy I felt is going to be described and developed in the character having a great emotional epiphany. Your life, however it is, your goals, your successes, your failures, all your stuff, shape your authorial voice every second of every day. And that voice is big. It's ginormous. It has so many different facets to it. It has so much malleability and flexibility and wiggle room and um, capacity is the word I was looking for. It has so much capacity to contain so many things about you. But you can only get there. You can only sit in that space. You can only find out what it is from what it isn't by doing something with it. And too many writers, far too many writers never truly engage with it on a vulnerable enough level because they're too interested in inauthentic performance. I'm doing what I think a writer does. I'm doing the writing. I'm making up a story. Look how creative I am. I made up this and I made up that and I made up this other thing. And they get hung up on just how not necessarily how clever, but that's part of it, but they also get hung up on the idea that being a writer is just making shit up and then somehow getting money for it. And this is art. Like, we're making art. You know, some people use brushes and canvas and experience the world and layer on paint and oil and try to, like, capture the gorgeousness of a sunrise, and some of us try to put words to it. Some of us dance for it. Some of us take photos of ourselves so that we can capture how we feel or what we want to promote or how we wish we were or how we want to entice and seduce and intrigue and interest. And other people want to draw and other people want to bake and other people want to make little fucking birdhouses. We are crafting art and our voice is our greatest tool for that. Give that some thought. I'll talk to you tomorrow.